But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from Middle America. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. I tell you one reason they're interested. It's by far the most uh, valuable, important place left in the world for science. That's why the scientific groups all over the nation are really interested. But more important than that, it's, uh, it has to do with the future uh, of the nation, those to come after us, or even uh, during your lifetime. Because it happens to be an untouched reservoir of natural resources. And uh, you know, as the world swings with an ever-increasing acceleration, far-flung places, once useless, like we thought the North Pole was, and no man's land, become very useful. Uh, the bottom of the world will be important, not only to us, but to our allies. All right, here we go. Welcome to today's episode of Plainside Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. And today, we're going to be talking about Antarctica. Um, kind of a weird thing to talk about, right? Um, and this isn't going to be like, I'm not going to focus too much on the occult on this one. This is going to be just more like fun conspiracy stuff. And there's lots of fun conspiracy type stuff I want to talk about on here. So, you know, that's what we're going to do. And Antarctica is one of those places that, I mean, there's tons of conspiracies about Antarctica. There have been for many years, and we're going to get into a lot of those. Um, we're going to talk about Nazis being in Antarctica, you know, like secret Nazi bases and UFOs and, you know, like s- secret technology. There's been talks of, you know, there being uh, things buried underneath the ice in Antarctica, which, you know... Who knows? Who knows? So I'm going to get into all that. So I figured I'd start by just giving basic, just talking about basic facts about Antarctica. I mean, let's let's educate ourselves a little bit with facts, right? I mean, I know facts are boring and not as exciting as... Um, <laughs> You know, all the crazy shit, all the UFOs and aliens and satanic blood-sucking, you know, shape-shifting reptilians, whatever, floats your boat. But uh, we're just going to talk facts. So, according to Wikipedia, you know, I get a lot of information from Wikipedia, okay? Now, Antarctica is the fifth largest continent on the planet, which kind of surprised me. The fifth. I was like, hmm. For some reason, I thought it was bigger. I thought it might have been, like, the biggest. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how big Antarctica is, really. It's the fifth. It's the fifth largest. That's why I just said. So, there you go. It is also the coldest, the driest, and the windiest continent, which is kind of funny to think about, like, Antarctica being, like, the driest continent. And yet, like, first of all, 80 to 90% of Earth's freshwater reserves are stored in Antarctica. First of all, so you think water and oceans, 
you know, ocean surrounding Antarctica. So you don't think of it to be dry necessarily, and it's covered in ice, uh, which is different than snow. But I don't know. You just you, you don't think of it as like a desert, which is basically what it is. It's like a big icy desert. Um, and yeah, the freshwater reserves are actually, there's enough there to raise global sea levels about 200 feet if all of it were to melt. So that's a shit ton of water frozen there. That's just crazy to think about. Um, the Antarctic Peninsula is home to penguins, right? Because that's what most people think about when they hear Antarctica, right? They think, oh, Antarctica, they think ice, they think the penguins, they think maybe, like, scientific research. And that's w where my focus is. That's what I'm really interested in, the scientific research that's going on down there. And we are going to talk about a bit of that, but um, there are penguins down there. Apparently, there's like five different penguin species. I even got them written down here, man. The the emperor penguins, the Adelie penguins, uh, Gintu, Macaroni, and Chinstrap. Those are kind of funny names for penguins. Macaroni. A macaroni penguin. I didn't even know that was a fucking penguin. Chinstrap. You ever seen Chinstrap penguin before? I sure ain't. No... It was the last region on Earth, Antarctica was the last region on Earth to be discovered, and it was likely unseen until about the 1820s. That's debatable, uh, researching this a bit. I mean, there's a couple different... I mean, there's a few people that have laid their claim to discovering Antarctica, and it's up in the air as far as I'm concerned. Um, Antarctica is the coldest place on Earth, of course, and the lowest temperature ever recorded in Antarctica is minus 128 Fahrenheit, which is minus negative 89 degrees Celsius, and that was set in 1983. So, that's cold as fuck. Like, <laughs> that's really cold. Obviously. <laughs> now, this is where things get kind of interesting. Um, Antarctica is governed. It's like, who owns Antarctica? Who runs Antarctica? Now, Antarctica is governed by parties to the Antarctic Treaty System, which actually prohibits military activities, mineral mining, nuclear explosions, and nuclear waste disposal. Twelve countries signed the treaty in 1959, and 38 have signed it since then. Between one to 5,000 people from different countries reside at research stations scattered all across the continent. Um, now, this is Article 4 of the Antarctic Treaty, which went into effect in 1961. It states the following, quote, No acts or activities taking place while the present treaty is in force shall constitute a basis for asserting, supporting, or denying a claim to territorial sovereignty in Antarctica or create any rights of sovereignty in Antarctica. No new claim or enlargement of an existing claim to territorial sovereignty in Antarctica shall be asserted while the present treaty is in force. Um, 
so shit, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I feel like I wrote it down for a reason. I don't know. Anyways, Antarctica is, well, the treaty in and of itself. I mean, that's why I wrote that down is because the treaty is interesting. You know, all the countries, okay, 12 countries signed the treaty in 1959. I think those were like the big countries that signed it, right? Like China and Russia and the United States and all the big ones signed it there first and then the, the smaller ones signed later, but... Everyone has agreed, basically, that Antarctica is a peaceful place of scientific research and no military activity is supposed to be going on down there. And yet, Lockheed Martin has business down there. Um, and Lockheed Martin, you know, they're military, okay? So I find it interesting that Lockheed Martin has... Um, some research going on down there. But um, anyways, a good place, one of the best on Earth to observe space. This is another interesting point. Um, first of all, it would be amazing to see space from Antarctica. I'm sure it's fucking beautiful. But um, there's actually a South Pole telescope and what is called the Neutrino Observatory. And it's called the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory. Now, that the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory is weird for a few reasons. First of all, it's called the Ice Cube Neutrino. Now, cubes... I don't think I've talked about the cubes on the podcast yet, but I plan to because cubes tie into Saturn and I know I've mentioned Saturn a few times, so that episode has to be done at some point soon. At least get something out there about Saturn because it always comes up in this sort of thing. But anyway, it's a neutrino observatory. So what the fuck even is a neutrino? And I looked into this. It's very scientific. So please, if look into it yourself if you're really interested because I'm I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about but um a neutrino is a fermion which has to do with string theory okay I don't know what a fuck a fermion is but it has to do with string theory and it interacts via gravity and weak interactions which have to do with nuclear physics and particle physics okay this is just what I gathered from looking into this stuff. Um, it's a recognized CERN experiment. And CERN... I do this every episode, I swear. There are things that I mention that I want to talk about again at a later date because it's, I can't get into it now because there's already too much information for this episode. So CERN, I'll definitely be talking about more in the future. Just know... They're sketchy, Illuminati confirmed. Look into them if you have the time. But um, this neutrino observatory has thousands of optical sensors deployed into holes that actually go underneath the ice. And they use it to search space for dark matter. They observe supernova and gamma ray bursts. I mean, they're looking at, they're using these sensors to view things in deep space i think and or, or to look at things in space that we can't see with uh the naked eye i guess 
So, yeah, lots of different conspiracies surrounding Antarctica, like I mentioned. I mean, everything from Nazi bases to flat Earth to hollow Earth. Um, there's also been, like, a ton of media portrayals of Antarctica being, like, a harsh, mysterious, kind of alien-type landscape. So if you've ever seen the movie The Thing... Um, it takes place in Antarctica. It's a movie where a bunch of scientists discover a flying saucer buried underneath the ice and basically an alien-type parasite escapes and infects everybody. Classic film, probably one of the best horror films of all time. Um, and now Alien vs. Predator also takes place in Antarctica. That's a much lesser quality film uh, it's a pretty shitty movie actually but it also takes place in antarctica and it has to do with you know aliens being buried under the ice um and the x-files film i forgot which one i don't have which one it is written down here one of the x-files movies takes place in antarctica x-files conspiracy theories all tied together um more recently um godzilla versus king kong takes place some of it takes place in antarctica and conspiracy theories are actually a pretty big part of that movie i plan on doing a whole movie review slash analysis slash conspiracy discussion on uh godzilla versus king kong at some point so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout for a lot of shit all right i plan on doing a lot a lot okay now, let's get into Nazis, right? Nazi. What's all this talk of Nazis in Antarctica? You know, like, as far as we know, World War II ended. Hitler died on the toilet or something like that. And the world was all good. Saved forever, right? Now, I personally am not, like... um savvy on the whole world war ii timeline i don't know like when the war started and did, i don't know when certain events went down or so i have things written here so just bear with me this this stuff um honestly i mean it's nazis right nazis in antarctica so how can you be bored you know talking about these things but this is kind of dry information so i'm gonna try my best to Ooh, keep it entertaining. Now, there was a German expedition. I think a lot of these rumors start with the German expedition to Antarctica from the 17th of December, 1938, to the 12th of April, in April 1939. So this was in the late 30s on the ship SMS Schwabenlad. Schwabenlad, <laughs> Schwabenlad, which had the purpose of claiming an area now known as Droning Mod Land, mainly, they said, to protect the German welling industry. And I guess the Nazis were, they had a pretty, um, they were pretty prolific in the welling industry, apparently. I did not know this, but um, that was why they went to Antarctica, allegedly. Um and the area, that same area, had also previously been explored by Norway 
and it was actually formally claimed by the Norwegians in January of 1939 after the Germans um, left, basically. Which doesn't make sense because I think that January is supposed to be April because they left on the 12th of April. Um, now, the Germans never advanced any territorial claims in the region, and they didn't come back to Antarctica until 1959 when they signed the Antarctic Treaty. Okay, now this is the official narrative, okay? The Nazis did go to Antarctica from 1938 to 1939 on the Lad to work to do something with the whaling industry. Don't know all the details, but that's kind of how it goes. Now, this is where uh, people kind of like to get weird with things because there was this U-boat. Now, okay, 1939, the whaling, that's the Nazis, right? And in 1945, I believe that's like towards the end of World War II. So, on the morning of the 10th of July, 1945, the, this German U-boat, U-530, arrived at the Argentine naval base at Mar del Plata near Buenos Aires. Um, two months. Okay, yes, this was two months after the German surrender and the end of war in Europe on the 8th of May, 1945. Now, rumors were spread that this German U-boat that arrived in Argentine had actually brought Hitler, Eva Braun, Martin Bormann, and other prolific Nazis and, and had landed them on the coast of Patagonia or Antarctica before they actually reached Mar del Plata. Um, so that's where this conspiracy kind of starts. Talks of this U-boat in Argentine. Did they stop on the coast of Patagonia or Antarctica? You know, did they drop Hitler off in Antarctica? I mean, you know, that's where these things start. You know, these rumor type things. Now... A week later, a Hungarian exile in Argentina, Ladilos Zazbo, wrote a detailed account in a local newspaper of how Hitler and his crew had supposedly secretly escaped Germany, and he had faked his death, basically. The story quickly spread worldwide, and different versions of it appeared in other newspapers in lots of different countries. Now, on the 17th of August of 1945, this is like a few months later, a couple months later, or June, July, August, this is one month later, okay? <laughs> Another U-boat, U-977, also arrived at Mar de Plata, which fueled more speculation. Now, the commanders of these U-boats and their crews were actually arrested and interrogated by naval personnel from Argentina. 
Um, the USA and the UK, they all concluded that the arrivals were innocuous and that the crews were to be released. So they did arrest these people on the submarine, I mean, which I find it's like if you arrested these people, I mean, sure, it was after the war, but I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting story, right? <laughs> now... Whether, whether it's true or not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's true or not. I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Now, um, two years later, in 1947, the guy who gave these detailed accounts about Hitler escaping and um, surviving, basically, he published a book titled Hitler is Alive. And, you know, in there, he talked about the two U-boats that took, apparently, some senior Nazis to Antarctica as part of a submarine convoy. And the 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 commander of the U-977, which was the second U-boat that showed up, Heinz Schaefer, Heinz Schaefer, denied this. He denied it. He knew about it. But... You know, these rumors still spread. Now, in another version of the story, they say that Hitler's ashes were taken to Antarctica, placed in a, like, secret ice cave along with Nazi treasure, which is pretty far out there. That'd probably make for, like, a good Indiana Jones movie or fucking National Treasure, another Nicolas Cage movie. Um... Now, Sazebo claimed a Nazi Antarctic base called New Berchtesgaden. New Berchtesgaden? I don't know. I can't speak German, so... Um, he claimed that this had been built in 1938 and 1939 when they went on the Welling Expedition. And this idea had been taken up by a bunch of other authors over the years. And, you know, it's it's like that game when you whisper in someone's ear and then they whisper in someone else's ear. And by the time it gets to the person it started with, it's something completely different. You know, it, it's kind of like that, you know, rumor on top of rumor on top of rumor you know, embellishments and tales, history becomes myth, myth becomes legend, that sort of thing. Um, the submarine convoy and the new Burstens Garden base both first appeared when described by Sosbo, but there's no reference to either before his publication, subsequent publications that refer to what he initially described, and there has been no evidence of either. What? There's no reference to either before his initially Oh, okay. So they're just saying there's no evidence that um I don't know what exactly they're saying that there's no evidence for. I don't know. You can listen to that over. Um in twenty twelve, Russian researchers now, yeah, this is kinda interesting. Continuing to talk about Nazi conspiracy theories here. Uh, in 2012, a group of Russian researchers successfully drilled through more than two miles of solid ice to reach a massive lake that had been sealed off for millions of years, right? Going down into the ice. Now, a Russian state-owned news agency 
first reported the announcement and then quoted a scientific source saying, quote, with the current events happening at Lake Vostok, Vostok, an old theory saying that German Nazis may have built a secret base there as early as the 1930s has resurfaced. It is thought that towards the end of the Second World War, the Nazis moved to the South Pole and started constru- constructing a base at Lake Vostok. In 1943, Grand Admiral Karl Donitz was quoted saying, quote, Germany's submarine fleet is proud that it created an unassailable fortress for the Fuhrer on the other end of the world in Antarctica. According to German naval archives, months after Germany surrendered to the Allies in April 1945, the German submarine U-530 arrived at the South Pole from the port of Kiel. Crew members constructed an ice cave and supposedly stored several boxes of relics from the Third Reich, including Hitler's secret files. It is also rumored that later the submarine U-977 delivered the remains of Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun to Antarctica for DNA cloning purposes. Now, this came from a Russian state-owned news agency. And the scientific source that was doing the digging, they said this. They said this. This Russian that digged under the ice. They put out this statement, which I found odd and strange. This is from 2012. I didn't. I haven't really read anything else about it. Don't know much about it. You know, I guess Russia's just trolling. I'm sure they are just fucking trolling. But um, weird. I don't know. So to wrap all that shit up, basically, there was a German base in Antarctica established just before the war. You know, it was expanded during the war, just a little bit. Operation High Jump was sent to attack the base, allegedly. Um, actually, okay. Now we're going to get into um, Operation High Jump and Admiral Byrd, which um, I guess slightly ties in with the Nazi thing, but America did have some odd activities or military activities going on. Um in 1946. Now, Operation High Jump was a United States Navy operation to establish an Antarctic research base. They named Little America 4 in 1946 to 1947. The officer in charge of this was Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd, who earned a Medal of Honor for his polar exploration and expeditions. High Jump was supported by a large naval force, 13 U.S. Navy support ships, 6 helicopters, 6 flying boats, 2 seaplane tenders, and 15 other aircraft was used. And the total number of personnel involved was over 4,000. So, a large naval force, 13 U.S. Navy support ships, 6 helicopters, 6 flying boats, 2 seaplane tenders, and 15 other aircraft. Southward ho! Admiral Byrd's expedition to the South Pole entered the polar seas after a voyage of 11,000 miles from the United States, plowing down to the uttermost edge of the world through water studded with a menace of ice. A reception committee awaits them in the Bay of Wales. Welcome to the land known as Little America, where the bird expedition sets up its base. That's quite a bit for just a research uh, operation. 
You know, this is what they said the main purpose was. They said the main purpose was to prepare for and practice techniques for cold weather warfare in polar conditions while being diplomatically far away from the Arctic and Russia. It was primarily a military exercise with a number of other important objectives such as establishing a research station, investigating further potential base sites, extending the sovereignty of the United States to an extensive region of the continent, and surveying the electromagnetic, geological, hydrographical, and other scientifically important aspects of the physical environment. So they were there to research, they were there to make connections, they were there to establish a base, that's what they were there for. But this was in 1946 to 1947 that is um that's a year after the u-boat showed up in 1945 which i find the timing a little i mean it's interesting the timing is definitely interesting here um now am i saying that this was like a secret mission to go fight fucking alien Nazis in Antarctica? No, I'm not saying that, but um, I'm thinking about it, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Now, um, Bird said, he said a few interesting things. Let me read this. Bird warned that the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions. The admiral explained that, quote, he was not trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that in case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes flying over one or both poles. This statement was made as part of a recap recapitulation of his own polar experience in an interview with International News Service. So, he said, why would he say that? You know, the United States should adopt measures. He said he wasn't trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that in case of a new war, this was right after World War II, in case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes flying over one or both poles. Now, you know, talks of, um, I've read lots of different talks, Admiral Byrd, there's lots of misquotes of Admiral Byrd on the internet. Now, that quote he did say, but I've read some other questionable quotes. I'm not so sure about there being um, aircraft that could fly from one end of the pole to another. I don't know how true that is or if that's a real statement that he said. Um, but he was talking about the planes flying over one or both poles in an interview with International News Service, so he did say that. Now, speaking of UFOs, there is a popular UFO researcher named Jacques Vallée. He was just recently on Joe Rogan. Um, I have one of his books, actually. He's he's like an OG UFO nut, but um, he mentioned a story about, quote, holes in the pole allegedly found by Admiral Byrd. Um when he quotes Clint Chapin of the Copper Medic case 
as believing UFOs came from inside the earth in his book, Confrontations. Now, holes in the pole. Um, There's a strange photo on Google Earth showing a hole in the side of an ice wall. And it looks a bit like a craft could fit through it, you know, like a UFO. But, I mean, who really knows, right? Um, And holes in the pole, like, I'm not going to get all into flat earth, the hollow earth here. But, and let me just say right off the bat, I am not a flat earther. I do not subscribe to the flat earth theory in any way, shape, or form. However, <laughs> I do think there might be something to the hollow earth theory. Not meaning that the earth is literally hollow, but the idea that there may be things going on under the ground. You know, that the, certain parts are hollowed out. and I mean, just look at the massive tunnel systems, abandoned tunnel systems all over the United States. I mean, there's definitely, I think there's a possibility that there could be something to it. And Antarctica looks weird on Google Earth anyways. Like, it looks like there's a big hole in the middle of it anyways. Like, it's hollow or something. Like, there's a big hole. Like, go on Google Earth and look at Antarctica. And it's not like just one big clear picture. Like, it's it looks patched. It looks weird it looks weird on everything it doesn't matter what you look at it on it it just looks kind of weird um so let's recap just a little bit operation high jump it was centered on little america which was going to be this new base that was built as part of their military activities this was on the ross ice shelf on the opposite part of the continent to droning mod land which is complete opposite to droning mod which was the nazis that's where the nazis allegedly went um now the ships didn't leave the united states until late in the season december the 2nd 1946 arrived late to the ross sea after meeting a 1000 kilometer mile wide belt of pack packed ice um, they unloaded supplies and materials for Little America Base on the 15th of January, 1947. Left again as winter began to arrive on the 23rd of February, 1947, to avoid damage to the ships that didn't have eye strengthening. They did not leave as claimed in more fantastical descriptions because they were chased off by, quote, secret weapons or flying saucers from the Nazi base on the other side of the continent. I got this from... See, I don't even know where I got this. That's a problem. But, um, you know, people said they were chased off, but they didn't leave. They didn't actually leave. Not all of them left. You know, I mean, Admiral Byrd came back, but a lot of people stayed back, stayed behind. Um, uh, This says, a short summer season is usual in the Ross Sea region due to variable sea ice and the relatively unpredictable advent of the austral winter. The whole operation got off to a late start and the weather forced early and was not unanticipated. 
Activities of all kinds in Antarctica are primarily dependent on the weather and sea ice conditions rather than strict dates on the calendar. It was intended to last longer than it did, but still only weeks rather than many months, as sometimes claimed. So I guess the mission ended up ending a little early, and some people stayed behind, some people left, but it ended early. Huh, what to think of all that? What to think of all this? I don't know. Do I think that Nazis are down in Antarctica right now? Maybe. Probably not. I doubt it. I do think that there is probably some pretty top secret scientific research going on in Antarctica that they don't, you know, what people know about that's going on just because of how it's such a unique place. And I mean, all the countries not all the countries, but almost every big country in the world has signed this Antarctic Treaty. So obviously something important. I mean, Antarctica is important. It's important for science. It's important for study. It's important for a lot of mainstream reasons. Um, and I mean, it's important for weird reasons too, I think. I mean, it's a weird kind of mysterious place as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't think... I mean, it's not like you can just go down to Antarctica. I mean, I, I don't think people, and I don't think people do. I mean, I don't think you just go to Antarctica. Like, there's like a pretty rigorous, um, you know, I mean, you have to fly. You have to, if you take a boat, I'm sure there's, you have to take a special boat. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think, it's not like you can just take a merrily stroll down to Antarctica and hang out in Antarctica. Like, I'm sure a lot of Antarctica is closed off, um, or a lot of stuff's going on under the ice. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Antarctica, but I find Antarctica interesting. So, I have one more little note here that I might as well just read off. Um, on November 8th of 2016, that was the day of the election of 2016, the day that changed the world, in my opinion. I mean, come on, Donald Trump becoming president of the United States was pretty fucking historic, whether you, I mean, I hate the fucker, but whether you like it or not, it was pretty historic. But on November 8th, John Kerry actually went and made a historic trip and became the first Secretary of State and highest-ranking U.S. official ever to visit Antarctica, and he did that on November 8th of 2016. Kind of a strange time to go to fucking Antarctica, you know, but apparently he visited McMurdo Station, which is United States Antarctic Research Station on the south tip of Ross Island. I'm sure it's where they're studying penguins and space and all those things. Um which is in New Zealand-claimed Ross dependency on the shore of McMurdo Sound in Antarctica. Kerry said that the purpose was to talk to researchers and scientists before he joined climate change talks in Morocco, Africa, on November 15th. Um, a reporter did ask if Kerry was just trying to knock Antarctica off his bucket list before his in term ends and while U.S. taxpayers still foot the bill for such trips. Ha! I love that. A reporter asked if Kerry was just trying to knock Antarctica. 
See, these tax... We're paying for John Kerry's trip to Antarctica. We pay for John Kerry's trip. John Kerry's been all over the fucking world, okay? He travels all over the goddamn place all the fucking time, and we're paying for that, all right? All right, I'll leave it there. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, again I mean probably nothing too deep on this episode just a fun talk about Nazis in Antarctica Um, there will be more fun talks in the future more serious kind of occult talks too but more also fun talks as well I'm going to talk about all sorts of things on this show so um, hopefully you listen continue to listen check me out on instagram plain sight podcast um, i'm gonna try to get better about posting on there and kind of so yeah check it out thanks for listening and i'll catch you on the next one <laughs>